This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller, You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM here during the Power Hour. A couple segments left. For us, we're on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. Also on twitch.tv slash betql, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. And you can watch us for free on the Odyssey app. Haven't given an update in a little bit on the Genesis Invitational. Patrick Cantlay marks building himself a little bit of a lead. He's at 11 under right now. A couple of guys behind him at 8 under. They're showing my guy right now who I took to win the tournament, uh, Victor, Victor Hovler, who's got to get up and down here. On the 15th, and oh, nearly made it. It's got a par putt coming up. Can't lay those plus 130 to win the tournament. Jason Day's plus 900. Then you got Xander at 12 to 1, Scotty Scheffler at 16 to 1, Luke List 20 to 1, and uh, some other guys in the 25 to 30 to 1 range as well. But what do you think, Mark? Is Can't lay going to finish the job? Three shot. He's still on the 14th hole, by the way. So he's either got a chance to build this lead or he's got a chance to come down to the pack as well. Yeah, I like to bet against people. So I would probably (laughs) think that this opens up some live betting opportunities, right? Nobody wants to see someone just run it from, you know, day one all the way through. And it's hard to do. It's hard to just carry the lead and run it all the way through. So um, I'm going to be looking at some of these other guys further down the board. I mean, listen, our guy Max Home, a big day today. Um, if he can continue that tomorrow on Saturday, he's going to be right in the mix. So that'll make me pretty happy. Yeah, he shot a six under today, so he's up uh, to I four to under. Yeah, I know. I wish I wish he shot like a three under yesterday. Would have made uh, would have made life a little easier. Can't lay with a nice Wouldn't lag putt here. He's going to tap in for a par on the 14th hole. So uh, we'll see what happens. A lot of golf left. This back nine at Riviera is really, really tough. Cantlay's got some tough holes upcoming, so we will keep you posted on that. Mark, we were talking about NBA All-Star Weekend last segment. We didn't get to the All-Star game itself. The West is favored by two and a half over the East. They're going back to the Eastern versus Western Conference. Do you like that they're going back to just the original conferences, or did you enjoy the fantasy draft? No, I, I like the conferences. Hey, I'm a little more old school with this stuff. Like, you know, don't make it too complicated. I feel like humans, you know, mess things up too much sometimes. And, you know, this can be nice and easy. West first East, easy for the kids to follow. That's what you want, right? You want the kids to be able to kind of get into it. Like, so they grow up liking, you know, the event. So um, I, I liked it. It's East first West. When I look at this number, though, I'm not sure two and a half is high enough, man. Yeah, I kind of like the West, too. What I like about the West is I think they're going to have a bunch of tryhards on their team. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think Anthony Edwards and SGA 
are going to go like all out and they're going to be guys starting in the game, which I like. Obviously, Giannis will be playing hard. Steph's going to shoot a bunch of threes. LeBron, Durant, like they'll all be in there. But I think Anthony Edwards and SGA are the difference. Like they're going to be playing really hard. As whereas like the East, you know, Dame, Giannis, Jason Tatum, like they've been in tons of all-star games. So like this does nothing for them. Right. I mean, Jokic, obviously, like nobody wants Jokic on their team in an all-star game, but he's going to be effective. He's going to have some great passes. He's going to have some great alley-oops. So I, uh, I'm i with you. I like the West minus two and a half. What, how, like, how much plus money would you need to bet the under in an NBA all-star game, even at 363 and a half? Would you need, would you need like plus 200 to bet the under? Probably. Why would I want to do that to myself, though? Why would you want to? Like, I, I don't betting know. unders is hard enough. Like, it's hard enough watching these games just, you know, praying that, you know, good things don't happen. It's ultimately what you're doing is, and you know, in a basketball game, praying shots get missed, you know, praying fouls don't get called. And in a game like this where it, I that just sounds torturous to me to play the under. Like, I, I would need a really, really good price. I don't think I would want to do that. No, I I couldn't I couldn't do it, especially in a game like that. Like Mark, who out you're there? You're not going to enjoy is, it. You're that's the thing. Like who out there is convincingly telling themselves, "I love the under in the All Star game." On like nobody is saying that. <laughs> nobody is willingly betting the under. The only see. I would be somebody to bet the under just because I love being a contrarian, but even so, I could never do it in a game like that just because, like you said, you know there's going to be obviously a bunch of dunks, but there's also going to be a bunch of three-pointers, and you just got to hope that there's a stretch where both teams are just, you know, missing some threes. Like, that's really – because if they're hitting their threes, Mm -hmm. you got absolutely no chance in the game. So Yeah, you play a little bit of defense. The guy who plays a lick of defense, everybody kind of stares at him like, what are you doing, man? Like, relax, chill out. (laughs) So it's – you know, this type of game's different, man. And betting an under, it just sounds terrible. Man, the best year was when uh, was when Kobe passed and they played the All Star game. Do you remember that like fourth quarter? How yes. like into it everybody was like it was. that. It was great. That man. was great. That was great. Now I don't know if that'll ever happen again, but the intensity, like watching all the best players, really. Kyle Lowry was like taking charges every. I'm like, I don't know if we need to go that <laughs> far, but like it was awesome <laughs> to see. Like, guys are just competing. No, it was really, really cool. Uh, As for the NBA futures market, uh, Mark, we've talked a little bit about this throughout the week. Are you surprised at how big the gap is between Boston and the rest of the teams? Like, Boston is plus 120 to win the East. Milwaukee is plus 300. Then you have the Knicks at plus 700 and the Cavs at plus 900. Do you think the gap is as big as it is because – they view Boston as such a better team or they just look at the other teams in the East and it's kind of like a process of elimination where you're saying this team won't win it because of this. This team won't win it because of this and Boston just has the the fewest question marks. Yeah, I think Boston wins the East. I think that's really what it comes down to and and the gap might look wide, but I really, I think it's warranted, especially now with like, Milwaukee's response to Doc Rivers, which is just terrible, right? You know, so Milwaukee, if you wanted to believe that that would shake things up to where, you know, make Milwaukee, put Milwaukee into a situation where they could come out of the East, um, you can't like what you see, you know, right now. So I, I don't, I think that's really the one team that you could convince yourself, you know, has the, the roster and the talent to kind of compete with Boston. But 
I, I don't think so. I think it's Boston and then it's everybody else. And I'm not that huge on Boston, but I just think we're trying to convince ourselves now. Like we talk about the Knicks and the, oh, the Knicks could do it. You know, if the Knicks are hundred percent healthy and Jalen Brunson, you know, comes up big and huge games, but Boston's just that much better. And, and Cleveland, I see people now, you know, talking themselves into the Cleveland Cavaliers, the team that got to the playoffs last year and said, we were scared to death. We didn't know what to do, right? In the first round of the playoffs. And now we're now we think, you know, a couple months later, all of a sudden we want to bet them to, you know, win the East. I can't do that. Maybe they do. I don't know. Donovan Mitchell, right? Couldn't get it done in Utah. And now he's gonna get it done in Cleveland with this group this year. I don't think so. Maybe in the future, sure, but I'm not putting my money on them to do it with this group this year. And Miami, what they did last year was incredible, but that that's not repeatable. And the Sixers can't win playoff game. They can't get a second round with Embiid. They're going to do it now with Embiid with, a, with no knee. So it is a process of elimination. Sure it is, a little bit. But the other part of it is Boston is really that much better than these other teams. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. What I love what the Celtics did too was how many times do we see in the NBA in sports in general, like teams are close and they just decide to blow it up because they keep you know, they're short year after year after year, right? Obviously, Boston's been to an NBA Finals with Tatum and Brown. They've been to plenty of Eastern Conference Finals as well. But instead of like, you know, there were talks like in the offseason, are they going to re-sign Jalen Brown? Are they going to go in a different direction? They bring Brown back, and then they add pieces, right? They bring in Porzingis. They bring in Drew Holiday. Like, that's what I like is Boston knew they can win with Tatum and Brown. They just need to bring in more reinforcements. That's what they've done. So far up to this point, it's worked really well. The only thing that concerns me is Missoula as their head coach, you know, but I just think the talent discrepancy is so big as as it is. And also, Mark, like the head coaches on the other teams don't scare me, right? I think the right. two that's best coaches, the, that's, the that's the thing, right? Like I think the two best coaches on the team that could be contenders are Philadelphia and Miami. But obviously without Embiid, Philly's not a factor. And, I mean, Spoh's great. Is Miami going to get back again? Maybe. I don't think so. But it's like, I mean, Doc Rivers again. As a Sixers fan, what do you think was the number one factor that you like disliked the most about Doc Rivers? Like we all saw how they fell short in the postseason. What do you think was was the thing that personally as a fan, like you just didn't like at all? Yeah, I think he was stubborn in in certain ways, but I, I think Doc Rivers got a lot of blame for, you know, what happened during his tenure here. And I think some of that is because of what happened before he came to Philadelphia, right? And some of it is because of what happened in Philadelphia. I just think it was a bad marriage to begin with. Like, you have a team that's underachieving in the playoffs and unable to get to that next level. And then you bring a coach who, you know, just blew lead, you know, with the Clippers, you know, up three to one. And and he's supposed to be the guy to get you over the hump. So I, I think part of it was that. Like, it was a tough situation for him to coach and to come in based on what happened in his last stop. And the other part of it is, is I don't think the culture was that great. And that, that was before Doc Rivers, and that it didn't change with Doc Rivers. But the team just in the playoffs it has not been able to get it done. And it's not just Embiid being banged up, but it's when players get banged up, it, they just they don't respond. They just kind of give a lethargic effort, and they're just like, okay, like this is it. You know, them losing that game seven the way they did last year was just – I mean, that was just embarrassing. Like, that game was not even competitive, you know? And, and I think that speaks to the culture. And we see it year after year. They have these series in the second round where they just kind of lay down. 
And sometimes they don't lay down the whole time. But, you know, and everyone wanted to give James Harden a lot of blame, too. He's doing okay with the Clippers. And if you remember that Boston series, he was the only reason they won two games. Like, he was lights out in two games. He was awful in the other ones. But the two games they won, he stepped up right. and, and scored a ton of points. So, um, And I'm not saying that James Harden was the answer if he would have stayed. I just think it's it was a combination of a lot of things, which usually is. But it's team culture. It's Doc Rivers. And then him having his history just, just made it really difficult. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. I mean, Harden was awesome in a couple games, and he was really bad in the others. Um, over on the Western Conference side, it's a little more interesting. Denver's a favorite at plus 225. Clippers are plus 240. We've been talking about this in college basketball, Mark, with Purdue. And you know what? If they win the national championship, great for them. You and I won't have any investment. Until they show us that they can do it, we're not going to back them. Are you the same way with the Clippers? Because we have been down this road so many times before, even though this year does feel a little bit different because of the Harden piece to go along with Kawhi and Paul George. Like, can you still back them in the futures market? Can you trust them to get to the finals, to win the finals? Where are you in the Clippers? Yeah, I'm waiting to see still. Like, I need to see it for longer. Like, I do believe that if they are healthy, they're probably going to come out of the West. Like, they would be my pick. But uh, you got to wait and see. Like, I, I think it's still a little too early to fire on them, even though the number, you know, is, you know, is getting shorter and shorter as they continue to play well. But there is part of me that is like, are they going to be able to stay healthy? And not only the question isn't just, are they going to be able to stay healthy, but what happens and what are those outcomes, right? If it's Paul George that goes down, can Harden and Kawhi carry, you know, the team? Can they win games that way? Then maybe that. If it's if it's Kawhi who goes down, I, I think they're in a little bit of trouble. Like, I don't know if Paul George and Harden can get the job done. So uh, there's a lot of different factors to consider. I haven't fed into this market yet. I, I like Minnesota. I like Minnesota. I think they have experience of being in these big series and having success, um, even though they weren't able to get over the hump. I think they can make the next step. And I, I'm, I like Anthony Edwards. And I think he can carry the team and, you know, they can hop on his back, follow his lead. I think it's possible. So if I'm looking, you know, outside of Denver, it's probably going to be Clippers if they're healthy. If not, I'll be targeting the Timberwolves. I like their defense. Really? Minnesota. I like it because that was going to be my next yeah. question for you was, you know, Minnesota and OKC, I think, are so comparable in so many ways just because they're young, up and coming teams. You got SGA and Ann Edwards kind of like the leaders, the focal points, the franchise players. Both teams are battling for a one seed. They're in the same division. I thought with the way that you were talking about OKC throughout the show, throughout the week, you would like them more. But you ride with Minnesota because of that defense. I like Edwards more. I like the experience more. And I think the 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 important part of it is, is you know, when things don't go wrong, are they going to be able to overcome adversity? Is Oklahoma City going to be able to do that? You know, and, and I think I have less confidence that they will. But, yeah, I do like Minnesota over Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City reminds me a little bit of Sacramento last year, right? You know, they were lighting the beam. Everyone's excited. They're like, hey, we finally arrived. Playoff drought is over. But it – it's tough to get over the hump, right? You know, uh, you know, getting in like that. And when you're trying to jump to the next level, I think Minnesota slowly getting there. And I, I do believe in, I think SGA is awesome. And, you know, if he's in the playoffs, could he carry the team? Sure. But I have more confidence 
that Edwards is, you know, more mature in the sense that, you know, he could really put the team on the back and the team would be willing to follow his lead. And he has Cat there and they play defense. You ha- as much as we like offense, you have to be able to get stops in the playoffs. It's a half court game. And I think that helps Minnesota. Any, uh, we got about 30 seconds left. Any thoughts on the Suns? Do you trust the Suns at all in the playoffs? No, I can't. I love Durant. I would love to see him do it, but that team is not going to be able to get stops when they need them. No, I'm with you. Patrick Cantlay just hit one to about six feet. He's got another great birdie attempt coming up, leading the Genesis Invitational by three shots. We wrap up the show, wrap up the week. Next year, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM, PJ and Mark. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.